We're so glad you've chosen the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast today. Up next in the series are the brand new sessions from the 2020 Refresh Pastors Conference hosted each year at the Benedict Castle in Riverside. We have seven sessions lined up for you. Our first session is from Pastor Gary Wilkerson, and the title of his message is, Your Mat is Your Message. Be encouraged today. It is always a joy to be here at Teen Challenge. You know, if you know anything about my history or my life, my own family, or uh, my own father and mother, thank you, Kelly. You know that uh, Teen Challenge is, is, is personally dear to us. Teen Challenge is as, as a, it's a, it's a life-transforming ministry, amen? It really, really is. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we live in Colorado, and um, there's so much I love about California. The, the beaches, amen? Uh, and then the, the mountainside, you have, you have snow skiing, uh, you have beautiful cities, you have wonderful people. But living in Colorado, one of the things I don't like about California is so many of you are moving to our state. I, <laughs> it's getting crowded in Colorado now with all the Texans and Californians. Uh, they are telling me it has something to do with taxes, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of a uh, lot of good things about California. I think one of the best is Southern California Teen Challenge. How about you? Yeah. How how God is changing lives. Thank you for your encouragement of this ministry. Ministries like this are, are on the front lines of fighting against the po very powers of darkness itself and. They can't do it alone. They, they can't do it just in, 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 the, in the front lines of the battle without your prayer, without your support, without your encouragement, without your involvement, without your volunteering, without your church's participation. And it is, I, I know firsthand how grateful uh, the Brown family is for all that you mean to them at Teen Challenge. I know all the staff here are, are thrilled about it uh, these two days because they get to see uh, you blessed because you've been such a blessing to all of them throughout this year and these past years. So thank you. Thank you again for being here. Thank you for your support team challenge. I want to challenge you to, to keep that challenge in your church, your ministry, your family's life to be that support for this ministry. It's good things. Amen. Uh, you, you're, you all are allowed to uh, preach back to the preacher here. Is that okay? You, you, guys, you guys can do that? Yeah. I, my first pastor was in Detroit. Uh, a very racially intermixed city, so I, I was weaned on getting a lot of hallelujahs, even when I wasn't preaching. Matter of fact, the, the, the worst I preached, the more they would shout hallelujah, praise God, just, just trying, to, trying to help the poor little guy out. Just, uh, little white kid from Texas uh, needed some hallelujahs there, and so it was, uh, we had some, some good time, but you can help me here uh, these next few days. Uh, I'll be sharing the word with you uh, on five different occasions, and almost all these messages are new. There are some things uh, we've had off for the last two months from preaching. I haven't preached in two months, so I might be a little rusty here today, uh, similar to Bloomberg in the debate. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, just, a little, just a little rusty. He's a New Yorker. I'm a New Yorker. So, uh, you know, but, uh, uh, but it's been two months, but I have had a chance to just some, prepare some things God's put in my heart. And I really believe this is going to be a two days of, of extreme encouragement for you. I, I can't see how you could walk out of this two-day sessions of conference, two days of this conference. I can't see how you could possibly walk out of here uh, not lifted up, not, not renewed in your inner spirit, not, not charged up once again to, to 
get, get that sword out and say, yes, Lord, we're fighting the battle. Uh, I can't believe you would leave here these next, after these next two days and not feel a sense of renewal, revival, awakening, encouragement, inspiration, stirring of your spirit for all that God has for you. Amen? Amen. 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 So I want to start this morning with a message. I, I have two, I can tell you how much time I've had on my hands. I, I couldn't come up with one title for this sermon, so I've got two. Okay, so it's, it is one sermon, but it has two titles, okay? Some of you like to take notes. I encourage that. I've got five. If I had PowerPoints, I would give you five PowerPoints, but I'll repeat them so you have them. But the message of my title here this morning is A Way When You See No Way. A Way When You See No Way. Or another title could be Your Mat Is Your Message. Your Mat Is Your Message. So turn with me to Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 12. And what we're going to be talking about here in this first session this morning is is what do you do when it seems like there's no way ahead for you? When, when, when you have a vision that you're moving towards, a call of God on your life, but you're stuck. It doesn't seem to be happening. The miracle that you're looking for has not transpired. And you're in this valley place, this wilderness place, this waiting place. You're waiting to see something happen, but you see no way for that thing to happen. Mark chapter 2, we're going to read verses one through 12. And Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, and the news spread quickly that he was back home. Okay, pay real attention to this. He had, he, he, he had returned to Capernaum several days later. The news, uh, the news spread that he, went, that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They, they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of the religious law were sitting there and thought to themselves, What, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers, they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Jesus returns to Capernaum, verse 1. So he had just been in Capernaum, his hometown, they called it. It was, it was where he spent a lot of the time when he was, uh, had a place. Uh, the closest thing he had to a home was here in Capernaum. So he would come back to it many times. He had just been here maybe a, a less than a week before this. Uh, he had been gone for a few days, and now he's coming back. When he had been there before, it's found in Mark chapter 1. If you back up a little bit, in Mark chapter 1, you'll see he had just been in Capernaum, and it said the whole city came to him, and he healed multitudes. Demoniacs were set free. Lame were walking. Blind eyes were open. It was, and word of him, the last verse, few verses of chapter 1 says, uh, word spread of him. Because of the, and a large crowd surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't, uh, uh, he, and he stayed in secluded places because of the crowds had been um, pressing in around him. So he had been in Capernaum, 
and there was great miracles taking place. Multitudes came, and, and most of them, I, I suppose most of them that were there were healed. Uh, people could walk now. People could see now. People were, were, were set free from demons now. And so he goes away for a few days, and then he comes back into the, into the very same city that he was just in. Uh, this, is, this is Peter's home. He comes back to Peter's home, and there's this large crowd that gathers around. And, and, and there's a man in this city who, if I could use my imagination with you a little bit, would you allow me to do that? Just use my There's a man in this city who's paralyzed. Personally, I think maybe he might have even been a quadriplegic because when they bring him to Jesus, they didn't have two men carrying him where he could kind of like, they could drag him because his feet weren't working. It seemed like he, he, he wasn't even able to sit up. It was so they had to take a mat, four of them take a mat. So he was kind of laying there and they, they had to pick him up to get him in. So, so some, I don't know if he's a quadriplegic, but certainly more than just uh, unable to move his legs. He was unable to move uh, much of his body. And so here's this man. He's, he's in his, I don't know what, how old he is, but he probably lives with somebody. I'm, in my imagination, because I'm an Italian, it's his mother. Okay. <laughs> so he, he lives with his mother, and his mother feeds him and takes care of him and cleans his room, and she provides for him, and she's worried about him, and she's praying for him. Uh, but she can't carry him, and Jesus was in town last week, and she, she's, she's brokenhearted because she said, I should have got him there. Some of his friends now are running through the city streets, and he's still laying here on the mat. I, w I wish I'd have got, got him to that meeting that Jesus was at, because some of his blind friends came, came over to our house and, and told my sons, like, I, I couldn't see, and Jesus touched my eyes, and now I can see. And, and my, my son's just laying on that mat saying, good for you. you know, I'm, I'm glad for you, but I'm just laying here on my mat. I, I wish I'd have been at that meeting. And Jesus comes back, and I, here's my imagination again. I picture him, him hearing the, the rustling crowd again, hearing this... The, the clamor in the streets, the, the, the feet of people running by, and hears the voices through his window. Now, Jesus is back. He's back. He's, he's healing more people, and, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's more miracles to be had. And it appears he, he missed his first healing, and now he's laying there thinking to himself, sure looks like I'm missing my second healing now. Uh, that's where I get my title. A way when you see no way. You're, you're just laying there, and it just seems like... You're being bypassed. Others, others are getting their miracles. Others are getting their blessings. Others are seeing the supernatural take place in their life, in their family, in their ministry, and you still have to be stuck just laying there, unmoved, <clears throat> unable to move into the power of God, waiting for the revival, waiting for the awakening, praying for the move of God, praying for the supernatural, but not seeing it happen. And it can be frustrating, and it can be sorrowful, and it can hurt, and it can ache inside of your heart. I hear him listening to this commotion, his family is, 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 is seeing him there, and he's, missed out, he's missing out on his miracle again. It's bad enough when you're suffering in pain and you're paralyzed, but to be so close, that, that makes it even harder. You're just, he's just down the street a little ways. Like the miracle is just so, it's so ripe. It, it, it's just, you can almost just reach out and grab it, but you can't quite get it. It's frustrating. And many pastors and leaders see this in their life and their ministry. There's, there's this longing of their heart to see something. There's a desire and a passion to accomplish something. There's a call of God, a destiny on your life, and yet you feel stuck. You're not able to get to that place. What kind of future is he? He may be saying to himself, what kind of future do I have? The, the way it is now is the way it's always going to be. That's where we end up sometimes when we miss our miracle. We, 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 we get to the place where we stop hoping where we stop believing, where we stop wanting, where we feel ashamed for wanting. Maybe it was me. 
I wanted too much from God, but God's right around the corner. And something, he, he, he's preparing something. Do you ever feel this way about your situation? You need a miracle, you're waiting, you're praying, you're hoping, you're dreaming. You're dreaming for your family, you're dreaming for your finances, you're dreaming for your health, you're dreaming for your church, you're dreaming for your Teen Challenge Center, you're hoping for a mighty move of God, but things seem paralyzed, stuck in the situation. You need to see a prodigal child come home. Your finances are so stressful right now that you just need a touch of Jesus for a breakthrough. There's an area of temptation, maybe that seems to have been gotten the best of you for years on end, and you need a a, a touch of Jesus to help you break free. It, it, it feels like there's a hopelessness. Your ministry may feel like it's always in the desert. It's just dry. There's, there's no life to it. You need an awakening. You need a move of God. You need a breakthrough. You need something that you're desperately, desperately, desperately longing for. You're ready to give up because you don't think it's going to happen. And then you see Jesus move in and move on others, but you can't get to your miracle. The life of a believer is meant to be one of overcoming, triumph over enemies. It's, it's, it's meant, meant to be conquering kingdoms, amen? It, you're called, you are called in this room, each one of you are called to great and mighty things that God has for you. Uh, souls are yet to be saved. Churches are yet to be planted. Mission fields are yet to be taken. The, uh, 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 drug addicts are, are yet to be pulled off the streets. New centers are yet to be opened. Your children and your family are yet to come back to Jesus and serve them with their whole heart. Marriages are yet to be restored. We are in need of getting out of our paralysis and getting into the house where Jesus is. There's a, there's, there's a promise of God for you. And, and he who is promised is faithful. And there's a way out of lack of breakthrough. There's a way out of discouragement when you don't see a way. There's a way out of feeling like you're an underachiever when you don't see a way. There's a way out of not accomplishing what God has for us when it seems like there's no way. There's a way out of financial struggles. There's a way out of difficult struggles. There's a way out of emotional struggles. There's a way out of financial struggles. There's a way out of, there's even a way out of ministry struggles. Sometimes it seems like it's an impossible situation. And there seems like there's no way out. There seems like there's no way out of dead, lifeless churches. It seems like there's, sometimes there's no way out of empty altars and baptismal pools that haven't had anybody uh, touch the waters in, in months, if not years. It, it seems like uh, things aren't moving. There's, there's a way out of powerless sermons. There's a way out of powerless prayers. There's a way out of powerless mi ministries in our cities. So here's this man. He's in his bedroom, and the whole city is going out to Jesus, but not him. And then, yeah, and then, and, and, and then, and then, and then, I'm using my imagination, amen? Okay, and he's laying there, and he's, I don't know whether he's crying, because he's just, I can't get to Jesus. And all I'm going to hear is more of my friends come back, running in, saying, look, I couldn't walk, but now I'm running around circles around you. And I'm going, like, I wish I could move. And so his, and, and here's, here's my imagination, the door in his bedroom creaks. It's, something's, something's happening. I mean, not everybody's with Jesus. The, it says, the Bible says, the whole city has come to Jesus, but not everybody. The door creaks, and it's his best friends, his four friends. They walk through the door. Let's, let's call him Ralph. I don't know. I don't know why I like him. Ralph. It's a, good, it's a good Hebrew name. 
<laughs> Let's call him Ralph. Ralph. And, and he looks at his four friends and goes, what are you doing here? You're not at the meeting with Jesus? We would love to be at the meeting with Jesus, but, but we love you. You're our brother. We, we, we've come for you. Mm. Those are powerful words. I knew you'd come. And, that, and there's a, there's, there, Do you have somebody in your life that, that when you are in need, you just knew that you know they come? You know they'd be there for you. You know, you know they'd be there to pick you up. And so here's the, the first of my five points is sometimes we need someone in our lives who believes there is a way when we see no way. Sometimes we need somebody in our life who believes there is a way when we can see no way. We, we need these four friends in our life. We need somebody to come and pick us up. We need somebody to provide for us when our faith isn't there anymore, when we've lost hope. When we've lost faith, all of a sudden there's somebody around us. That's what the church is for. That's what our Christian community is for. When you don't have faith, and I say this to you with, with, a, with a, a desire for you to be lifted up today. Sometimes you don't have the faith. And somebody come along and say, have more faith. and just it's, I'm paralyzed. And I keep missing the meeting that gets me to the place where I could have the faith. And so your faith won't do it. But that's okay. Because when your faith won't do it, Jesus sees that your faith won't do it, and he's going to send you somebody who says, I have enough faith for you, even when you don't have enough faith for yourself. Get, get around people who have a lot of faith. Don't get around, I'll talk about that in just a minute, but don't get around people that everything will, you're just stuck. You're going you know, you're, you're to be on that mat a long time because you can't even get to your meeting. But the, I'm getting ahead of myself. His four friends had faith for him. They, they said, you can't make it. We can help you make it. He's saying, I'll never get you there. And he said, he, he's saying, I'll never get there. And they're saying, we'll get you there. <clears throat> he, he's saying, I'm, I'm disappointed. My dreams are broken. And they're saying, no, it's not too late. It's not over. Jesus is still here. Jesus is still moving. These kind of friends are relentless. These kind of friends are, 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 are doggedly determined. These kind of friends don't say no very often. These, these friends don't listen to the voice of the enemy that says it's all over. These, these friends will pick you up when you need picked up. And the Lord told me to tell you, there are people in this room today that need picked up. And he sent me here today to be one of the four. You're going to hear a couple other messages. Pastor Ron's going to be preaching as well. You're going to be picked up this week. You're going to be picked up. That, that... I want to tell you here this morning that that mat is about to move. That, that mat that you're laying on, that mat you're laying on, you feel it stinks, it's old, you're tired of laying there. God's saying, you got some friends at a thing called the Teen Challenge Conference that are going to pick you up and take you to a new place. We need the, we'll take you there faith of others. We need the, you're going in, even if we have to break you in kind of faith of others. And so, and, and that's exactly what they did. They got to the front door, and they couldn't get in. It was too crowded. Picture this room with three or four times as many people, even, even crowding the doorways where they come to this doorway, they can't get in, that doorway, that doorway, that doorway, can't get in. Most friends would give up at that point. Many of us, when things get difficult, we attribute it to the sovereignty of God. Oh, well, it wasn't meant to be. You weren't, you weren't really meant to get in. If, if, if there was a way, when we saw no way, we'd see a way through the door. Uh, when you heard, when God opens, when, God, when, when a door is closed, God opens up a window. These guys didn't have a door or a window. 
so they made a hole through the roof. <clears throat> Could you picture that? Could you picture that? I'm sure, I'm sure the staff here at Teen Challenge would not like that if we did that here, this thing. But, could you imagine Jesus is up here teaching and there's this crowd, they, they think nobody can even get, nobody can even move. He's probably got people like sitting on his left and his right and right at his feet and standing behind him and, and all of a sudden there's dust from the roof begins to fall and, and then all of a sudden there's some sunlight begins to creak through and then they see this guy on a mat like with, with ropes around him. He can't move. He's going like, dude, do not drop me. I am, I am, I am, I am. I can't move my hands or my feet, so if you drop me, I'm just going down like, you know, like a dead fish. I'm just going flat, flat out down. And so, so don't, and so they're lowering him down through this house, and, and they get there, and, and all of a sudden they lay him at Jesus' feet. Now he's in a whole new place. He's going like, man, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stuck anymore. I'm not, I'm not healed yet, but I'm not, but I'm not stuck. I'm not in my room. I'm not not in there just all by myself anymore. My, the faith of others has got me in. This is point number two. Others can get you in, but they can't get you up. All right? So others can get you in the door or through the roof. But, but there's something that Jesus says. It's, it's, it's not going to be them that's going to get you to walk. You're going to have to. You're, you, we need others' faith, but there comes a point where Others can bring us to the feet of Jesus. Others can stir our faith momentarily. But it was up to him, or it's up to us to respond to get to our feet. Others' faith can take you only so far. You have to be the one who moves at the command of Jesus, who says, yes, Lord, I'll try to stand one more time. Yes, Lord, if you command me, I'll go one more time. Yes, Lord, if you command me, I'll pray one more time. Yes, Lord, if you command me, I'll preach one more time. Yes, Lord, if you command me, I'll get up again out of my bed when I'm tired and sick and frustrated and alone. I'll get up and I'll, and I'll obey you one more time. And maybe this time will be the miracle time. The environment of faith can get you in, but it's your faith is required to get you up, to get you to stand. You can be, otherwise, you can become dependent on being carried. And many in the church today, are, are, their faith is, is, is a mat faith that has to be carried everywhere you go. The, f the first wind of difficulty, and, and, and you give up, you surrender. There's not, a, there's not a stalwart, passionate faith inside of you. It's a, it's a faith that's dependent on others carrying you. It's, and, and, and you see this so many times. Oftentimes, the mat that people are laying on becomes their identity. It, it becomes their source of, this is what gives me help. This is why my mom comes in and gives me breakfast every morning. Because I can't walk. I can't do it myself. This, this, is, this is why my wife has to be my only source of encouragement. Because I don't encourage, like the Bible says about David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. No, I, I like to stay depressed and discouraged. Because then my wife comes in and says, oh, poor soul. You're, you're such a man of God. And you're being so, so beaten and battered by Satan. You're going like... Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> and you're loving it. You, you're, you're just loving your mat. Sometimes this, this mat of mine is, are my habits. Sometimes this, this mat can be our medications that we have. It could be, could be zoning out in front of the TV. That, that can be your mat. You can, you can say, life is too hard and I'm frustrated. I'm just going to go binge watch something. Sometimes laziness is a mat. Sometimes anger is a mat. Sometimes lack of faith is a mat. A mat isn't just a physical sickness. It can be an emotional mentality. It can be a spiritual ailment that you're facing. 
And, and, and not, only are, 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 not only are maps things that, that we get our identity from sometimes, but you know what? I, I have seen mats passed down from generations. I, I have seen fathers give their mat to their son and say, now you lie on this. Now, 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 now you drink this. Now you take this. Now you act like this. Now, now you treat your wife like I treated my wife. Now you, and, and the mat becomes a generational mat passed down from one to another. And there comes a turning point, but that turning point is not just your friends getting you up and saying, get in, get, in, get a hope, get help, get up. It, it, it's you coming to, the, to, to, the, to, the, to, to, to be confronted with Jesus, for you, for you to stand there and or for you to lay there out. I'm actually, I don't usually use a lot of props and illustrations, but uh, they, they have a gym here. And this, pretend this is the mat, okay? This is the mat the man had. And, and so they, they lay him on this mat, and, and, and they lower him through the roof, and he's, I'm sorry, you're not going to be able to see me for a little bit here, but, uh, but I'm, I'm still here, I promise. So he's laying there on this mat, he's just, he's just laying there, and it's like, and, and, and I'm, now he's in the presence of Jesus, and he goes, this is so much better than being alone in my room, I'm right at the feet of Jesus. I, got, I went from not being able to move to not being able to get in, now I have like front row seats, you know, it's like the Lakers are right there, and I'm, I'm courtside. Now I'm, I, you know, I got to, I'm going to get autographs. This is going to be amazing. You can, you can autograph my legs. I can't feel them because you can just, I won't wash my legs anymore because I'll have Jesus's signature on my legs. He's just laying there, so excited. His friends got him in, but then Jesus says, "Get up, get up." Well, now come on, that, that that's a nice story to read, but put yourself on that mat, all. And, and you just had a bunch of Jewish people say, or you're about to ha have them say to you some negative stuff. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But, but you're laying there, and you know all these people, some of them are critical, and some of them have faith. And you're laying there, and you're having a great time. You're finally in. And, and then he says, get up. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if I'm this guy, I'm going like, um, Jesus, I know you're, 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 you're extremely intelligent, but, but you may not have noticed I am, I am paralyzed. <laughs> so... So this, this getting up thing is not, it, it, that doesn't really work in my life. Uh, uh, maybe somebody around you should get up and move or something, I don't, but I, I'm not getting up. And Jesus says, get up. And, and now all of a sudden it's like, okay, my friends got me here, but now I have to move. I, I, have, to, I have to take a risk. I have to step out, and literally step out in faith, not just figuratively, but I have to begin to step. And, and so Jesus says, get up. So I picture him, like, first thing is, like, his hands begin to move. And he goes, yeah. I haven't sat up. I can't remember the last time I sat up. A little boy, since I sat up, I'm, I'm sitting up. And he's sitting up. He's going, like, look at me. I can sit up. And Jesus says, I didn't say sit up. I said get up. <laughs> See, because a lot of us, we, our faith will help us to sit up. Because yeah. it's pretty safe to sit up. Yeah. You know, you can, you can kind of support yourself a little bit. And you're not that far. You're not going to fall that far if you sit up. But Jesus didn't say to you and the call of God on your life to sit up. He said to you and the call of God and the destiny on your life is to get up, to get up. And that means all the way. That, mean, that means you go all in. That means you go all out. That means you have no holes barred. That means you don't let anything uh, be hindering you from getting up. That means you don't leave anything behind. And that means you take a risk because now he's going like, I don't know, these legs... You know, because if I haven't walked in a long time, there's just no muscles in the legs. They've atrophied. And so, but, you know, he, he does it. He, the Bible says he gets up. 
He gets, up, he gets up, he gets up, and, and could you imagine that crowd? Now, now, it's a pretty crowded house, so he's not sort of running around because there's no room to run around, so he's, he's up. He, he got up. He, he, saw his mir- he, he saw his miracle. But before he got up, there's an interesting thing that, that happens here, and, and it's easy to miss this thing because while he's still laying there, the four friends had laid them down through, and they're believing because they saw so many miracles. Maybe one of them got a miracle themselves the previous week, and now they're believing that's the best thing for their friend. And as this man is laying there on this mat, and his friends are still probably still up on the roof, and Jesus reaches down, and his first words to him are not get up. His first words to him, child, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And that kind of confuses me a little bit because his friends are probably scratching their heads saying, well, that's nice, Jesus. You know, we, but can we deal with the sin thing later? Uh, we have time for that, but we don't. But 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 we we. He could have prayed to the Father or you know Moses and gotten some of the sins for you. I don't know, but but you're the only one who can actually heal his body. We 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 broke the roof for his body, not for his soul, not for his heart, not for his 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 healing of his emotions or his wounds or his 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 you know his anger issues. Like you know, let him go to a counselor, but. You touch his legs. And so the first thing Jesus does is he heals his heart. And this is my third point. Jesus always makes a way in you before he makes a way for you. He makes a way in you before he makes a way for you. In other words, he starts to work in your heart. Because he knows without the heart issue, the external issues won't really have any impact. And so some of you are wondering, like, why hasn't he changed this in my life, in my ministry, and in my family? Well, maybe the issue is because he's working in you first. He's working something in you, building faith, encouragement, how to deal with difficulties, how to, how to be trained for warfare, how, how to stay in faith when things get difficulties. He's training you. He's working in you. So when you're in that difficult situation where you're still paralyzed, don't give up hope because even in your paralysis, he's working in you. Even when you don't see the miracle yet happening, even when the prodigal son isn't home yet, even when the church isn't revived yet, even when you don't feel the anointing that you once had yet, and you're asking God for, to bring that miracle of a way to, when you see no way, even when you don't see it yet coming back fully to you, don't give up hope even in the midst of that struggle because God is working even in your struggles. God is working even in your difficult moments, even when it feels like he's not there, even when it feels like he's not present. Even when he feels like it's, it's just not working, he is there, he is present, he is moving, he is touching, he is healing, he is delivering on the inside out. And that's how Jesus works. He cleans the inside of the cup first. And, and I believe that man, when he heard the words, get up, he could do it because he felt something different in his heart when Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. He felt fresh. He felt alive. And he started thinking to himself, if I can be forgiven of all my sins, all my hate, my anger, my bitterness, my rebellion, if I can be forgiven of all that, then if he says get up, it's easy to get up. Amen. It's easy to get up. And so, so he's making a way in you. His, his four friends were thinking, walk. Jesus, say the word walk. But Jesus was thinking the word live. Live first. Come alive come alive. Sometimes that inner work of Jesus has to be done before we experience our breakthrough. You're wondering why there's a delay in breakthrough, but really there's no delay in breakthrough. Your breakthrough has already begun because the breakthrough starts in you before it's manifest through you, for you. 
our minds and our hearts, our families, our relationships, our behavior, our ministries can seem paralyzed, not moving anywhere, and we want them to be healed. But in the healing process, Jesus is already on the move, healing us on the inside. Number four, there's always someone to tell you, I like this one because it's, it's so prevalent in all of our life. There's always someone to tell you there's no way. Jesus, here's the, Jesus tells this man, your sins are forgiven. And the Bible says the, the religious leaders were in the room and say, who are you to forgive sins? Who are, where did you get this authority? And, and then they, they, here's this man laying on the mat, and he feels so different, feels so alive. And then all of a sudden he hears this critical crowd. Who do you think you are, Jesus? You can't be touching people. And then he does a miracle. What's happening in this place? This is ridiculous. This man is not worthy of, you know, I could just picture him. He's not worthy to be healed. Why why are you touching this man? He shouldn't even be in this room. Look, he broke your roof. Just this critical spirit. There's always someone in your life to tell you you can't do it. You missed the mark. God's not, God didn't tell you that. Why are you believing for that? Why are you hoping for that? You should have given up hope a long time ago. God's not going to do that. That's ridiculous. You're foolish to even think God would use you like that. You're, you're not capable of that. You're not qualified for that. You're not smart enough for that. You're not strong enough for that. These are all things I've heard. <laughs> Literally. But God has a different story to tell. He, the Pharisees are sitting there, they're questioning. That's what the Bible says, they're questioning Jesus. Uh, who are these men breaking the roof? They're, they want too much. They're believing too much. The, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, they want rules without life, without miracles. There are people who tell us that, that, that you, you can't do it, but Jesus has something else to say to us. And Jesus does something, I, I think, and I'll close with this. He, he, he tells the man, this is where I got the second part of my message, today is, is your mat is your message. And lastly, I just want to say your mat is your message. When, when you hear and you move out in faith and, and you're laying there and he says, get up, and you don't just sit up, you actually get up and you stand to your feet and you say, hey, look at this, finally, absolutely, totally, fully, right now, I'm not waiting for my miracle, I have my miracle. It's, it's here, it's present, it's alive, it's vibrant, it's, 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 it's supernatural. The, It's time to take a stand. It's time to stand up and say, God, yes, you, 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 you've been moving in my life, and now you're asking me to, to, to take, take a stand. It's time to, to get up. It's time to pick up our mat of doubt, or time to pick up our mat of unbelief. It's time to get out of our comfort zone. It's time to stand up and walk into the miracle of the move of God that he has for your life. When, you're, when your body is sick and it feels like there's no way, Jesus is the way. When, when you're nearly worn out and you feel like there's no way, Jesus is the way. When everyone tells you there is no way, Jesus is the way. When you're down and you're not sure you're ever going to get up again, Jesus is the way. When you're hungry and you don't see uh, the more that you're looking for, Jesus is the way. When you're passionate about your church seeing an awakening but you haven't seen it yet, Jesus is the way. When you know you have a promise but you can't seem to move into it, Jesus is the way. When you feel like you can't stand on the promises of God because it just looks impossible, Jesus is the way. And so when when Jesus tells this man to stand, he tells this man something, and I think this is the most unusual part of this whole passage of Scripture. Here's this man standing, and he's free. He can move now. And and Jesus tells him, take up your mat. 
Now, I don't really want to, Lord. I've been laying on this thing for 42 years. I mean, it's, it's, it's worn out. I've, I've used the bathroom on it too many times because I couldn't, my mom wasn't there to help me get into the bathroom. I've thrown up on it when I've been sick. I've, I've had nights where I've sweat on it because I couldn't sleep all night long. And this thing is ratty and torn. I'm so ready to get rid of this old thing that I've been laying on my whole life. Please, Jesus, let me just throw that, that puppy out, man. I, I don't want it. I don't want my history anymore. I don't want my past. I don't want any remembrance of my past. And, and Jesus says, I don't know why he tells them to do this. Pick up your mat. He says, pick up your mat. Now, the meeting's not over. And Jesus says, go home. Well, can I... Can I you know, can I, can I help you finish, fix the roof or something? Uh, uh, you may stay and help you clean up. Can I at least f- finish the last of your sermon? I, you know, it's like I missed last week's meeting and I, and I barely got in on this one. I, I want to stay. And Jesus says, no, pick up your mat and, and go home right now. Okay, now, now you're going to have to excuse me here, but okay, this is stinky old ratty mat. Totally crowded house. He couldn't get in. And Jesus says, and all these Pharisees, are sitting around, excuse me, I'm not trying to point out like you guys are Pharisees. Maybe I should go over here. All these Pharisees. <laughs> all these Pharisees were there. And, and Jesus says, just, just, just trust me. Just take up your mat and go home. And, and these, these Pharisees are going like, uh, yeah, this, I can't believe this is happening. This, this shouldn't have happened. His sins aren't forgiven. And Jesus says, yeah, take up your mat and, and go home. And so he, I'm picturing the crowd of people. And he's like, Okay, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, oh, pardon me. Oh, oh excuse uh, I can't, can't get through. And Jesus is going like, this is so good. It's like, that, that like, like he's, he's just like getting all in their business, you know. He's like, oh. Like, so he's having to go through the crowd with this old mat. And then I like this, this part. So what do you imagine he does after he gets out the door? There's, Jesus is still finishing the meeting there. Maybe he's healing some more people, f- finishing up his sermon. He's standing out there now with his, his mat. He's going like, oh, wh- wh- what's he do? Go home? Is there somebody who wants to tell about this? Yeah. Remember, he's Italian. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so for... I don't know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, whatever, he's been laying on this thing. His mom's been, and now here, I'm going to use my imagination again. While he's at this meeting, he's so, she's so happy. Oh, he's, I'm so glad he had these four friends. They're going to take him. He's going to hear a good sermon. Uh, he's going he's to, maybe he'll get an autograph of Jesus. That's going to be so good. And, and while he's gone, I can, I can clean his room a little bit. I can straighten up. And, and I just, here's my imagination. She, I picture she's in that room cleaning up, and, and she's thinking, they're going to, you know, pretty soon those four boys and with the mat they'll be bringing him in and they can dust under where his mat is and and then we can lay him back down and and, and you know it's kind of nice to have an hour or two just uh, a little bit of me time and it just feels good and and, and 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 so he's now he's carrying his mat and I just picture that door creaking again the one that his four friends came through yeah. the door creaking again and the mother's she's got her back and she's dusting and she's mopping and she's thinking you know Johnny and Billy Eddie you brought Ralph Ralph no, no, that's four friends. Yes. She's thinking it's four friends, Johnny, Billy, Eddie. Thanks for bringing Ralph home, but she's not paying attention. And, and, and here's, again, here's my imagination. Johnny and Eddie and Freddie, they're not there. And she's going, what? And he's standing there. 
He's standing there with, he's standing there with his mat. He's, she's looking at him like, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. My son has walked through the doors. And, and he's carrying his mat. He doesn't need it anymore, but he's carrying it. Why is he carrying it? Because when he's moving through that crowd, when he's showing his mother what's going on, what, what his old life, his old scars, his old wounds became his message now. And, 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 and if I were him, I, I wouldn't want to ever give up that mat. I, I'd want to carry it everywhere I preached. Here's my mat. I once was, but now I am. Uh, uh, here's, here's 15 years of addiction. Here's 15 years of shooting heroin into my veins. And look, I'm not on it anymore. Here's, here's, here's a life of abusing my wife, of, of, of neglecting my children. Here, here it is, 20 years of, of living for myself, but not anymore. Here's my old mat, but I'm not on it anymore. Here, here's my mat of unbelief. I used to believe God, but then I stopped. I just kind of gave up hope. I didn't, I didn't believe anymore. So, so I became a kind, of, kind of a status quo Christian. Just accept whatever there is to accept. Just do whatever. Just kind of do whatever's ahead of you to do that day. Just check off your to-do list. But no faith, no passion, no burning zeal, no desire, no godly ambition. And that was my faithlessness, my hopelessness, my despair. That was my mat. But, it's, but no more. Now, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I, I once was an addict, but now I'm free. My mat once had full of anger and strife and bitterness, but now it's not. My mat had, had abusiveness in it, but now it doesn't. My mat had a history of, of things that just went wrong after time after time, but now my mat doesn't have that because these words of Jesus, he said, take up your mat and walk. Take up your mat and go home. Take up your mat and believe that God has great and mighty things for you. Jesus makes a way when there is no way. You might need four friends to get you in. You might have to get up when he says get up. You might have to go through the, 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 the pain of hearing people saying there is no way. But eventually he's gonna hear those, you're going to hear those words. Time to take up your mat. Time, time to walk, time to go home, time to let that mat be your ministry now. Let that mat be your message now. Let that mat, you see, because you think that mat was just a life of waste and degradation, and, uh, but Jesus uses those things even. He, he uses your past. He uses your history. He uses your failures. He uses your difficulties. And if you're in a season right now where there's, it doesn't seem like there's a way ahead, I, I, I want to I get you into the room. And that's what this message is today. It's just, all I can do is get you into the room. But you can hear the words of Jesus today. Your sins are forgiven. You can hear the words of Jesus today. Rise up, stand up, and walk. Take up your mat and walk. That's the words of Jesus for you today. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, you, you incredibly have a message for us. And it's, not your, it's not just your message to us, but it's the message you put in us for others, uh, and our mat becomes our message. Our, uh, I know in my own life, my own son's addictions are part of my message now, my wife's message. We can, we, can, we can proclaim hope and deliverance now because we know it firsthand, not just as, a, um, uh, not just as an, uh, an advocate or someone who works on staff at a center, but we know it firsthand, and, and we know so many in this room know firsthand what it is to have a have a mat, and it'd be old and dirty and stinky, and then you come along and touch it, and you touch us, and we're healed. 
I thank you now, Jesus, that we, we can see a way today. Uh, I believe this message has got us into the room right now. We can see there's the mighty hand of Jesus ready to touch us and say, stand up. We pray, Lord, that no matter what we're facing that seems so difficult, we can't seem to find a way, we're going to see a way. How many of you, uh, just let, let me pray for you, would you say, I'm kind of in a situation right now that what you were sharing today from the Holy Spirit describes a condition I find myself in right now. And literally by just, you know, you're in the room, but I, I, I want you to actually hear Jesus say to you uh, a message that is, 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 is a faith-building message. I'm not, I'm not asking you to stand up. I'm asking you if you hear the voice of Jesus saying to you in the condition that you're finding that seems like there's no way I'm going to pray for you one more time. And if you're feeling that call of the Holy Spirit to say, I think he's telling me to stand up, that it's time for me to take up my mat. It's time for me to, to, to go and let this be my testimony. It's time for that transition from I once was, but now I am. I was once in this circumstances, but I'm not now. If, that, if that's you and you feel the Spirit of God wooing you, stand up, and I'm going to pray again with you, for you, and believe that, yes, sir, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is here. You can still stand while I'm praying. Thank you, Jesus, that your presence is here. We're, we're, in, a, we're in a crowded room, and, and I'm not the center of it, Jesus. They didn't come to hear me or Brother Ron. They came to hear you. Yeah. You're, you're in this room, Lord. We've been, we've been brought into this room. This message was a friend who just pointed them to, to the feet of Jesus. And now, Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are feeling, believing, trusting you to stand up right now. And then they're standing up, they're saying, Lord, there's healing. You're providing power for my legs. I can't do it. When, when, when we say get up, it's not in our own strength or power or might. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we thank you, God. We're not standing in our own strength. We're standing because you put strength in our legs, strength in our mind, strength in our heart, strength in our spirit to say, yes, God, we are believing you now. We are believing you for the miracle. You're not going to pass us by. We're not going to lie on this mat for another 10 years. We believe that this is our meeting, God. We broke through the roof, and now we're at your feet, and we're hearing you say, get up, get up, get up, get up. In the name of Jesus, you're calling us to stand. You're calling us to have faith. God, when we haven't had faith, we thank you that you're able to fill us with faith. When we've been hurt so bad, it doesn't feel like faith is going to work ever again. You're able to help us stand, even through the midst of that. Now we stand in faith, believing God, that, that you're a miracle-working God. We sing it sometimes. You're the way-maker, God. You're, you're, you, you make a way when it seems like there's no way. We thank you, Jesus, for you being, Lord, and it's not just a way, but it says in the Bible, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we're coming alive again, Jesus. We're, we're going to leave this conference alive faith-filled, stirred, energized, renewed, passionate, zealous for the good things that God has for us. We're going to believe again. We're going to hope again. We're going to trust again. Our confidence is going to rise again. We are not going to be defeated. We're not going to be downcast. We're not going to be discouraged. We're not going to give up. We're going to press on. We're going to believe. There's more. There's more. There's more to come, God. You have more for us, and we're trusting you to bring that into fruition, to bring that to a reality, to bring it to today, God, today. Lord, we may have missed last week. We may have missed last month when, when, when we weren't touched at that meeting, but we're in this meeting, and we're being touched today, Jesus. We're not going to let you pass by. We're going to reach out and grab that hem of your garment. We're not going to just, 
we're not even like that woman who, who, who touched the hem of your garment. We're going to grab the hem and say, no, 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 you're not moving, Jesus. You, you have, we're going to stop you in your tracks because we're doing business with you here in this room today. And that business is we need touched by God. We need a fresh baptism of the Spirit. We need a Holy Ghost move in our life. We need a revival, a quickening, a awakening, a stirring, a renewing. We need you, Jesus. We need your presence. We need your power. We need your authority. We need your anointing. We need your grace. We need your presence. We need your reality. We need your words. We need your wisdom. We need your life. We need all that you are for all that we are. All of it, Jesus. Come with all of it, Jesus. Hold nothing back. We grab this hem of your garment. We say, we're not letting you go. We need a miracle. And we need a miracle for our children. We need a miracle for our marriages. We need a miracle for our bodies. We need a miracle for our finances. We need a miracle for Teen Challenge Centers. We need a miracle for our churches. We need a miracle for our neighborhood. We need a miracle for our schools. We need a miracle for our city. We need a miracle for our state. We need a miracle for our nation. This world needs the miracle of the presence of Jesus Christ to come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come in your power. Come in your authority. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And right now, I just, I just, we just take a moment to tell you, Lord, this, this mat of unbelief is, is, is now my message. I once lacked belief and faith, but look, I'm full of faith now. Discouragement was my mat. I felt like I was going to give up. And now that mat is like a story of, I almost gave up, but then Jesus touched me. And, and, and that mat becomes our message. Be, our, our weakness becomes our strength. The, 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 the long history of going without becomes the thing we most prize because now we have it, we have it, we have it. Lord, I, I thank you. There's a confidence in this room. I sensed it when I walked in the back door of this room here this morning, like, like never before in eight years, uh, a sense of faith, faith, a, a, a faith that you're going to do something here. And, and Lord, we just flow in that. We don't create it. We just receive it. We receive it. New faith, God. And Lord, there's some people in this room that they've been laying on their mat for so long, they, they've forgotten what hope looks like, forgotten what vision looks like, forgotten what passion looks like, forgotten what de their destiny, their calling looks like. Some are saying, it's, it's too late for me. Uh, I've been on the mat too long. I'm too old. I'm too worn out. I'm, uh, I gave up already. No, it's not too late. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're, you're not too anything. You're just right for what Jesus wants to do. The detractors in your life will say, you can't do it. You're not going to get there. There's no way. But Jesus has a different message for you. He's saying there is a way when it seems like there's no way for you. There is a way today. Today. Today is the, today's your breakthrough. Today is your breakthrough. Breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Lord, breakthrough every hindrance. Breakthrough every, every faithless moment in our life. Breakthrough every doubt. Breakthrough every discouragement. Breakthrough every, every lack in our life. And let us see all that you have for us. All that you have for us, Jesus. All that you have for us, Jesus. More of you, Jesus. Pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. Thanks for tuning in today. We really appreciate you choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every Tuesday. We know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and we're so grateful that you chose our podcast today. Be encouraged.